And right now we have a shortage and we have a massive shortage. You can look at not just, or not just listen to us, look at any of the stats out there of the G7 nations. Um, we have the lowest housing per capita, um, you know, in the G7, which results has resulted in our increasing cost of, of living uh, or housing. You're listening to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast with your hosts, Paul Stevenson, David Warren, and Greg Campbell. Let's see what's going on in the world of real estate today. Oh, hey, we're on. We're on. Well, welcome to the, well, I was waiting for the groove. Welcome to the, welcome to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast. My name is Greg Campbell. I'm a realtor and managing director at the agency Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. I'm here with my colleague, David Warren, who is a mortgage uh, mastermind and owner of Preferable Mortgages. And uh, the voice of Paul Stevenson today will be here. He's also a mortgage mortgage agent. You can check him out at paulstevenson.ca for some great tips, advice, or whatever whatever you want. You know, we're, 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 we're a good crew here. We, we help each other out. We do some business. We like to talk real estate. And uh, here we are today doing it again. Paul, are you there? Can you say hello, Paul? Yeah, I just want to say uh, the agency before we get started. <laughs> I, I didn't do that, but I did do the laugh. <laughs> you did. <laughs> uh, okay, guys, you know, uh, what a week. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know what to say here. I'll, um, you know, let's, let's, just get, let's just get right into this. Let's get right into the, the business of real estate in Ottawa. Um, you know, I, I did want to say something to everybody listening out there. November home sales are down 40%. They're down 40%. Um, they're, there's very little activity. Um, there's opportunities for buyers. Sellers are either reducing their homes. There's all, I've seen tons of vacant properties. Sellers have already moved on to their new home and they're trying to sell their home that's vacant. So they're willing to take a little bit less. So you know, there's opportunities for buyers, uh, sellers. I say, if you're ready to sell, just be aware of your pricing and get it done. Um, if you want to wait to the new year and see what happens, wait to the new year and see what happens. Just talk to your, talk to your um, mortgage brokers, talk to your realtors, talk to your, your priest, your minister, whoever you need to talk to. Pray. I don't know what you need to do. This is your PSA for the, for the holiday season? <laughs> this, I, I don't know what it is. Talk to Santa. Talk to Santa. <laughs> he can help you out. Him and his little elves. Talk to them. Might have some good advice for you. Heading <laughs> into the holidays here. Um, does, it feel like, wanted, does it feel like December? Yeah, I don't know what it feels like. It just feels like another day. I can't believe it's December and it's the end of the Like We're almost at the end of the year. Speaking of end of the year, um, we will be starting a Canadian section like an, ex an exclusive section in the new year. Um, Cause you know, we, it's the Ottawa real estate podcast and we always talk about Ottawa as opposed to um, Canada as a whole. We get a lot of questions about Canada as a whole or people get confused sometimes about the numbers. So we are going to do a Canadian section um, because we feel that it's time that we uh, dip into that to expand our, uh, our knowledge and the, our market, our market, our listenership. I don't know. And um, we're going to have, we have a guest coming on on the 12th. Uh, I think that's next week. And we're going to, we are going to aim uh, to have some more guests next year to um, keep y'all engaged, you know, give you some new information from uh, different sources so we can uh, have exciting, more exciting conversations. Uh, let's, uh, let's do this. So 
I did some stats on actually, you know what? No, I'm not ready for this. David, how are you? I'm doing well. <laughs> I'm just letting you go. I'm, I'm just letting you go. It's the one man show. I like it. Just getting out of the way. I'm, I'm just yeah. I'm just on fire right now. I don't know why. I don't know what happened to me this morning. I'm just going to let you roll. Craig, Craig, good... Craig must have had a Colt 45 this morning. I'll <laughs> <laughs> give you some way. of that Maliga, homie. <clears throat> Let's get it down. Oh, my gosh. So I, okay. I want to... Uh... Ahead, I wanted Paul. to uh, I wanted to address a few. We got a few comments last week. We actually got uh, a couple of emails as well from listeners, thinking they were being a little too hard on our uh, on our federal electives, and oh, we, uh, that we were being too hard. Well, just uh, you know, with the new bill passing and uh, Bill Twenty Three, and and some of the things that you know, some of our opinions on it, and I guess um, I think there was one listener that that thought that we were a little too harsh on the uh, federal government and, and saying that we were two, two on one side altogether. Uh, but I think ultimately, you know, we, we try to, at least I believe we do, uh, we try to be as authentic as possible and, and say mm. our true opinions. And, and obviously, no matter who you talk to, someone's opinions are going to fall on one side of the line or the other. True. Um, and I think that just being in it, we may be a little jaded as far as you know what's happening or what may happen but we are certainly trying to give our honest opinion based on where we think things lie in that moment you know and if you listen to any of our shows over long term you'll notice that our opinions change believe it or not that happens to people uh you know they they learn more and their opinions change so i would just say for anyone who uh who feels that sometimes we're a little too harsh on one thing sometimes there's uh emotions involved maybe we had a client that got you know uh you know that got that, that got screwed over by by a new policy change or uh or it shifted the market in some way that we weren't prepared for so i mean just take it as a grain of salt we're just uh three talking heads and uh we're just giving our opinions so you know we're not always going to agree on things and and our listeners are not always going to agree with us but we do show up authentically and i think we try to give our, our true opinions and try to give you the best the best information possible to oh paul and... we lost you there paul you must have gone, gone through a dead zone oh, paul just we went got, through the we, dead damn zone it. We oh there the he is it. there he is we got the gist L listen let, let me just let me just follow up on that before you before you cut out again paul um what i do want to say is i agree wholeheartedly with what you said about how we have our our own opinions we just happen to be on one side of it or jaded from situations you know the only thing you know, I love our country. I love that everyone is trying to make changes, but the key word there is, is trying and they're not doing it quick enough. And that's where what I find, and this is not just a, a national problem. I think this is an international problem where countries as a whole or governments um, still have this old way of doing business and handling their business, which is the country. And we're in a day and age where things need to happen fast and governments are very slow to catch up to where things like technology are or where people's heads are at because there's so much information. So, you know, going back to the beginning of the year when, you know, I, I'm always like, well, that's never going to happen. That's never going to happen. By the time the next election comes around, we're going to have spent millions of dollars on, on something that'll never happen. Someone else will be elected, squ like squash that. And then it's on to the next thing. So I think, you know, to, to that point and to, um, the listener 
mentioning the the bill c uh c23 thing it's like that's how i see it i just see that the federal government is just slow and the people are kind of tired of it and things need to happen faster and they need to be executed so no matter no matter what that is it needs to happen there needs to be decisions made quickly for the citizens and they need to do better and i, I you know i can understand why people could you know, have different opinions about things, but that's my bottom line. It's like they need to, it needs to be treated more like a business and they're not like the lack of, uh, of speed to get anything done and our money is, is bananas. And I think that goes internationally now. Thoughts on that boys? No, I think you're, uh, I, I think you're bang on it to both your points that, um, you know, we do get jaded, the three of us a little bit being in the industry and seeing, the uh, you know deficiencies uh, on an ongoing basis between um, whether it be buyers, sellers, builders, government, you know, changing, um, changing, you know, or, or instituting different acts uh, that you know kind of come out of left field. I think to this person's question or comment about uh, B Bill Twenty Three, um, it's it's about the you know really this is the build better homes faster. I mean, I think by and large, all we're we are we're pro, <laughs> we're all for it. And this person thought we were that we're against it. Um, we're very much um, interested in and hoping that some legislation comes along that actually builds more homes faster so mm -hmm. that the prices stop escalating that people have affordable housing that people have somewhere to go um and and the, and optically it sounds all great that you know streamlining development and reducing costs increased density near transit hubs <clears throat> removal of third-party appeals develop reducing development charges um and increasing you know community benefit charges i think site plan control like all of these are great um it's just you know let's brings in and hopefully it actually does make a change um you know in our yeah. in our immediate communities and and you know this woman uh, that emailed us she you know kind of commented or, or believes that we're very pro developers and things like that we're pro development absolutely it doesn't have to be individual developers it could be <clears throat> the municipality the provincial federal building uh these affordable housing uh, homes but right now it's just private developers that are doing any of these and right now we have a shortage and we have a massive shortage. You can look at not just or not just listen to us, look at any of the stats out there of the G7 nations. Um, we have the lowest per capita uh, or housing per capita, um, you know, in the G7, which results has resulted in our increasing cost of, of living uh, or for housing. You know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of studies out there by, you know, not just not just the Ottawa real estate podcast, but by by many different organizations studying real estate as as a whole in developing nations, and we're buying the eight ball when it comes to to building. So yes, we're pro development because we want there to be more supply. We see everything that the government's instituting or bringing out there of of increasing uh, immigration to the country, which is great, but we don't have the housing for the population as it is, let alone for this, an increase of 500,000 uh, new residents a year. And so it's gotta be, it's gotta be private, private developers that are picking up that slack. And, and so hopefully this bill 23 does pick that up. Hopefully, um, you know, developers pick it up as well. Um, and hopefully costs come down as an overall, whether that development costs, permit costs, or, you know, just materials, you know, it's not just 
the delay in permits as to why development is slow. There's a lot of cogs in the wheel, but certainly the average timeline to get a permit of being a year is pretty wild. Um, so our point on that was just like, that's just one instance of, of the process, but it's the cost involved, a delay of a year. Yeah, there's other things that come into play of, you know, pre-sale of units or, you know, timing or, or this or that and materials, but that is a huge cog. Um, when you've got even small developers that are wanting to just go and they're having to wait such a long period of time. And then it comes into play that, you know, we are in a nation with, uh, with that we deal with winter. And so our build season is, is short. And so especially in a city like Ottawa, we only have a few months of the year. And so if develop, if the city is taking too long to, to spit out that permit, then it takes a year. And depending on when that builder actually started to submit, they might not, they might have to wait a over a year to actually be able to build because they can't just start in the middle of winter. Um, and so yep. it, it adds extra delays to the cycle. So there's many different factors, but we yeah, are- I heard, I heard, uh, I heard last week, one of the, uh, well, actually the, the conservative leader uh, in the, in the house was actually saying that in Canada it takes 250 days to get that permit on average. And in, I think they use South Korea as an example, it was less than 30 days. Mm -hmm. Uh, yep. I know we're not South Korea, but the point is like, you know, there's clearly 250 days is preposterous. Like there's nothing that can take that long to run through to get a permit. Uh, and to your point, Dave, like you said about the, the seasonal um, de development, I mean, that, that's a huge factor in Ottawa, especially most of Canada is going to be dealing with that. Uh, but then, like you said, like, you know, most people that are building one-off homes, they're you know, people are putting deposits. They want to see all the plans. They want to see the blueprints of the design. Everything has to be done before a shovel hits the ground, obviously. Um, so there's a lot of upfront hard costs that are put into the project before you even know if you're going to get that permit or not. Uh, and if it's going to take another year, the cost of everything's gone up likely. The, you know, as we've seen recently, uh, things can shift a lot in 12 months. So it, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a variable that is, again, we talked about house flippers last week developers are also dealing with that risk they're taking on all that risk uh and they're seen as they're kind of you know seen as the bad guy because you know they might make because it's their job and they might make money from it but ultimately we need those developers now more than ever to get those shovels in the ground as soon as possible and create that affordable housing that we're all talking about yeah so i mean we'll see what happens but you know like uh I think Dave, you just mentioned it too. I mean, the immigration, that's not stopping. That's not stopping at all. So uh, to my next point of, there was a comment on the page. Actually, let me bring that up here quickly. Uh, he was asking how I could say what I said. I have a question. How do you know that we are close to the bottom while interest rate hike is not over? We know you can get pre-approved and lock in interest rate for up to 120 days. It means some home buyers current on the market were approved three months ago while interest, were interest rates were much lower. Every single month, bring new potential buyers with less purchasing power than the previous month. Can your, excuse me, hold up. Can your, can you explain your opinion? I don't get it. <clears throat> so that's a very good question. A very, I think that's a very valid and common question that people would ask i and uh they i asked them what they thought and they agreed with exactly you know what, what i'm about to say and i think i said last which i said last week so 
you, you got to remember too, it's Ottawa. So going back to our points, high immigration, high household income, always. Now, if the rate goes up another 0.5, which is what it's supposed to do. I mean, I think that's right. And that's, well, that's this week, isn't it? Dave? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. It'll be, yeah, it's expected to increase uh, another half percent. Yeah. Okay. So another half percent. At the same time, people are getting more accustomed to where we're at now. They're more familiar with the territory that the rates are up. People coming in to buy are, are comfortable with what they're spending. They understand it. Um, you know, so even if it goes up that extra point, the purchase price might go down, but it's not, it's not going to go down too much more. It will, it, like it could go down in certain neighborhoods, but at the same time, you got to remember a lot of people are on hold now because it's, it's just getting into the winter. As soon as we come into that spring market again, the people that were waiting, waiting to buy and waiting to sell are all going to come back at the same time. So now, unless, unless there's like triple the amount of homes coming available for sale, the prices are going to stay the same or go up again slightly because more people are going to be buying and there'll be nicer properties available for buyers. So, I mean, I don't see how it could go down or stop too much more. If, it's, if it slows down, that's going to be based on the, the fear of inflation and other, other issues with, uh, with living rather than housing, I, I believe, personally. So, I mean, it's... It is, you know, again, we, you know, we say this is just our opinion. It could be different, but the way that I feel, and I said, this gentleman from CMHC said the exact same thing uh, to me. So he thinks, and he says that the consensus at CMHC, I'm not going to name anybody, obviously, <laughs> in mm -hmm. case something goes, <laughs> don't want to put anybody on the spot here, but the consensus was that in Ottawa in particular, they felt that we were, if not at the bottom very close to the bottom and that spring would just be a nice balanced market. Um, you know, not, not a buyer's market, not a seller's market, but just a nice balanced market back to what it used to be. And we should see a steady uh, increase in sales and some, and some nice listings available. So, I mean, that's, that's how I feel about it. And I, I just, I think that it's very realistic for Ottawa for the rest of the country. It's different. Like, I mean, we don't focus on that. So I'm not sure. I wanted I think... to, I wanted to, just... oh, go ahead. I was just going to touch on the uh, on the pricing and, and the next rate announcement, which is which is Wednesday, December seventh, uh, for any of you in variable rate mortgages. So be prepared for your payments to go up. Uh, nice, nice January first present. Um, but uh, but really, kind of historically, what's happened with any rate increase of about half a percent is you know is we're getting a price reduction in max qualifying by about five percent um, from home buyers. So there's you know, it could be a, a correlation, but, you know, a direct correlation between the rate increases and, and that diminished um, max qualifying and where the housing prices have dropped. So, you know, to your point, Greg, I think we are around the bottom, but I think we'll, in my in my view, we'll, we'll drop a little bit lower after this rate increase by, you know, max another, you know, few percent, but level out because they're, they're indicating they're not going to increase over the next year. Mm. And so I think that's where, you know, it'll bottom out and then, and then it'll just be a matter of uh, how many get back into the market from a supply and demand standpoint and driving prices, in my view. Yeah, and I think agents are going to be pricing, sellers are as well are going to be in the right headspace where they're going to understand where the market is based on the sales over the last two months, especially, because it's more <clears throat> like you can actually get a proper number 
not like we're just looking at numbers that don't make sense and just pricing homes based on the sales from two days ago or last week, right? We've got more of a... Yeah. What I was, I was just going to touch on that too about the announcement uh, this week because I, I think there's still a very large misconception and misunderstanding of, of these rate increases. And it's very likely due to just the way that, you know, the headlines are written and, you know, rates are going up and this and that. But I got at least three to five calls last week from clients that are pre-approved or looking to get pre-approved saying, you know, we want to get this in before the rate hike next week. Like, I don't think they understand the impacts. Like, they, they, they believe, and again, I know we've talked about this, but uh, there's clearly still a misunderstanding, that when these rate hikes go up, like when there's a, a rate announcement like this and rates go up, it's only for variable rate mortgages. So, it, you know, if, if, I, if I've locked you in on a pre-approval at, say, prime minus 0.9, that won't change. You're still going to be locked in at prime minus 0.9. But the prime that you're getting the 0.9 off of is going to change. So, you're, you're, you know, as you said, your buying power is going to decrease, but the rate itself that you're going to get is not going to change, especially for variable. And if you're on fixed, then the rate announcement has no impact on you. The, the, the fixed rates, at least, you know, on paper, aren't directly correlated with the Bank of Canada's announcements or variable rates in any way. They're, they're based on different metrics. I know we talk about this all the time. Um, but I'm still getting people asking me about wanting to get pre-approved before the rate hike because they believe that in some way that's going to lock them in for, uh, for a lower rate. And if you're talking variable rates, uh, it won't. Your discount will remain the same. It's still going to be, depending obviously on your, your, you know, your file structure and owner-occupied rental, renewal, things like that. There's obviously different factors that impact the rate. But generally speaking, the discount you're going to get off of the rate is going to stay the same for variable. So this rate hike, there's no benefit to locking in beforehand other than maybe your buying power is going to be a bit higher. But for that to be locked in, you have to have found a home and actually have a, an accepted offer. And, you know, we're submitting it for an approval, not just a, mm -hmm. a you know, a, a pre-approval or a rate, a rate hold of some sort. Great info, mm -hmm. Paul. That's it. That's all I wanted to say. Uh, that, was, that was amazing. But it, it's, it is something that we keep uh, people ask me all the time. I'm sure, Dave, you're getting it as well. Like, well, yeah. we, you know, rates are, rates are going up. We want to lock in or, you know, this and that. Uh, so I just wanted to kind of explain the difference between the two things uh, because, you know, everyone, I, I think they, you know, we're in it every day as we always talk about, but most people are only dealing with mortgages maybe once every five years, right? So it's not something that they're, they see a headline, rates are going up again in December, like, oh, shoot, we got a renewal coming up in March. Uh, you know, we should lock in. In that case, yeah, you definitely should. Um, but if you're looking to get pre-approved, then, uh, you know, it, the rate hikes aren't going to have as much of an impact on your rate, but they will have an impact on your buying power, as Dave mentioned. Right. Okay. Torah, mm -hmm. here we are. <laughs> killing, killing it again. Uh, let's get into some stats. I held myself accountable, everyone, and I, I bring you the Canada statistics. Woo! Canada! Canada. So let's do it. We got the, uh, let's start with the detached homes in Canada. Again, pretty wild numbers here. I, I love doing this. It's good, uh, it's good practice for me to kind of keep in touch when, I, when anyone asks me how I feel about the market or what I know. I'm very informed. It's amazing. So Canada detached homes, we have currently 48 active, averaging 67 days on market at an average list price of $1.193 million. That's high. 
<clears throat> Conditionally sold, we have six conditional sales, averaging 62 days on market at an average price of 1.1,075. Now check this out. In the last four weeks, we had 15 that sold, 32 days on market average, but the average sales price is $696,000. So I want to explain that this is just a random occurrence, I suppose, but most of the ones that are over a million are just selling now, and that's four weeks. So it seems like over the last two months, a lot of people that were shopping in the higher price point just kind of put the brakes on, in Canada anyways, and said that they're going to wait and see what happens. But for whatever reason, last week they sold. Now, I will say there was one uh, that sold for two, I think it was 2.3 million, which brings that average up substantially. Uh, it was a big, it was a big farm that was on the market for almost 200 days. So again, I'm doing very average averages. I'm not getting too particular because I want to make sure that everybody sees the real numbers. Uh, and in 2021, same time, 35 sold, averaging 15 days on market at an average price of 884,000. Now, I think that's more of where it, it would be overall, other than this little skewed moment in, uh, in the books for Canada right now with the 696 over the last four weeks. I think it'll be interesting to see whether those, um, those, any of those large sales continue yeah. though, um, in the area, whether it's, you know, like you said, at that precipice of those people that were waiting, um, and just kind of seeing if it bottomed out and they've kind of seen for a period of time that maybe prices haven't been dropping any further and they kind of figured, you know what, all right, let's get back in it or, or yeah, will, that blip in time. I will say that when I look at the stats in any neighborhood active and conditionally sold, you'll see about, I'd say about 40% of them have done substantial price drops if they're on over 30 days. So there's always the down arrow. I see them all. Anyways, let's get into um, towns and semis. Canada, four weeks ending December 5th, 2022. We have 35 active townhomes or semi-detached in Canada, averaging 33 days on market at an average list price of $659,000. Conditionally sold. Two conditionally sold, averaging 160, 106 days on market, average 499. So that, you know, and again, I looked at that and both of those are, one's an older bungalow uh, semi and the other one is a, is a proper townhome, not updated. So anyways, 499, interesting. Hmm. Sold, we have 19 sold, 34 days on market, average price 588. And now in 2021, we had 34 sold at the same time last year, averaging 10 days on market, average price 633,000. The average price, and this again goes to 2021, was higher than the average price this year over the same period. Very interesting. Because, you know, we see, we see a balance, but this is definitely a decrease year over year. Um, anyways, so let's get on to, uh, condos, Canada condos, four weeks ending December 5th, 2022, 31 active condos averaging 74 days on market average list price, 437,000 conditionally sold right now two, averaging 40 days on market average price, 350,000 sold in the last four weeks, only eight 51 days on market, 534,000 is the average 
sales price. 2021, 15 sold, averaging 34 days on market, 428,000 was the average price. So that's interesting. Now, if you've been following, you know, us, anyone else, condos have seemed to have been the most constant. Mm -hmm. I had somebody ask me why, and I couldn't answer that question. So I'm going to try and take a few hours over the next week and do a deep dive into condos uh, across the city and see if and talk to some other people and see if I can get a better a better answer for that because it is interesting how condos seem to be the one thing that is always slightly above what it was last year where other things are fluctuating substantially. Uh, let's get into the rentals for Canada for weeks ending December fifth, twenty twenty two. Canada rentals, thirty nine active, averaging thirty two days on market at a price of two thousand six hundred and fifty dollars. Thirty one were rented. In the last four weeks, averaging 22 days on market at a price of $2,358. In 2021, 30 rented, almost the same. 25 days on market, almost the same. Average price was $2,400. So the rental, the rental uh, price seems to be down a little bit. 39 active in Canada, not as many as Orleans last week, and definitely not as many as Barhaven with that 178 number or whatever it was a couple of weeks ago. That was yeah, crazy. That was crazy. I should uh, have a look and update that. But the prices are coming down. The rental prices are coming down because they have to. I want to mention this. You know how we have the conversation about people who are individual. Um, they have like maybe one other rental property or maybe two. They leveraged themselves when the market was hot, pulled out some money to get an income property uh, versus uh, co corporations having more rental properties. Uh, and you know how we've said that, you know, the people that may get hurt uh, financially in this could be the people like the single investors. So I looked through all of these today to see who the owners were. Hey, there's Paul. Nice to see you, bud. <laughs> and uh, they were almost all uh, single, like one name, one or two names on title. So like a, a single owner or a couple. Now, whether they own more properties than just this one that's available right now, I'm not sure. But there were only two corps that owned the rent, all of the rentals in Canada. So I thought that was uh, very interesting to see. And there was price drops in a lot of them. Hmm. So that's, so hence what we're seeing, the numbers of the rental cost is finally coming down, uh, becoming more affordable. So they're going to, it's going to keep moving. People are just kind of, uh, they've accepted that they're going to take a bit of a hit for a little while and that's it. Yeah, the only thing I can see, I mean, I can kind of, uh, I can kind of understand if you're out shopping right now and prices keep reducing, you know, if you're approved for say 1.2 million, right? That's your max purchase price. And you're looking at that dream home that was 1.3 and now it's dropped down to 1.2. You're probably going to still be a little bit hesitant to be like, well, you know, we like the 1.3, but we love the 1.4. So if this one's dropped down to 1.2, maybe if we wait another month, that 1.4 yeah. is going to come down too. So people are kind of in that, uh, there's a lot zone. of that there's a lot yeah, of that people, going on man where people are just like well if i can get this for this price today maybe i can get even more for this price in 30 days from now so people are just kind of sitting and waiting to see what uh what happens so i can understand that mentality you kind of get stuck in that cycle right of the the wait and see but we're getting more for our, our bucks so people are kind of trying to time the market perfectly so it's right at the bottom so they're getting the maximum amount of house yeah. for the what they're pre-approved for and and a lot of that time that will fail 
that plan will right. fail because always don't like wh what I say to everybody. I'm like, if you like it, don't worry about the offer. Let's just do the offer. See where it goes. If it doesn't work, you wait. Maybe you can get it better later or something else later, but you got to try. That's the problem. Yeah. People wait. And then again, historically, the ones that wait come this spring where maybe it'll be, maybe it won't be busy. Maybe the prices will go down more. But what if all of a sudden it, it doesn't? And then, you know, the, there's a really nice one now. Like I saw, I probably saw about 20 townhomes over the last week. And they were all very, very average. They all needed work. Half of them were vacant, but they all needed work. There was nothing that was like a pristine move-in townhome. Because yeah. you know what? If it was, there probably would have been a few offers on it. Because there's a lot of buyers out there right now. Whether No matter what it was priced at. So now this is what I say. So what happens in, let's say the last week of January, all of a sudden one really nice townhouse house comes out and in that area, there's 10 others or 15 others, but they all need work. Who do you think is going to go and look at the nice one? All of the buyers and they're half of them are going to want to submit on it. And then we're back in a multiple offer scenario, regardless of anything, because it's a nice finished product. A lot of people don't want to take the time, spend a little less on the property itself, do the renovations, which is where you will gain the most value in your property and your experience as a homeowner is if you buy something that needs a little bit of work, you put it into it, you know, you get to live in it and you'll get a better result when you go to sell. Like to your, people now. To your, to your point, like I've actually still been seeing and having clients in having to engage in multiple offers. So even, even as we talk with these stats of, you know, a number of listings, places sitting on the market, but those places that are done up are still getting a lot of attention. Um, and I've, I've spoke this past week, I spoke to three different realtors that were having to go like engage in a multiple offer because their clients, it was a, you know, nice place, um, nicely renovated. And to your point, like people just not wanting to, to purchase something that needs work um, still. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting, even though all the stats are, you know, that stuff sitting for a while and things like that. There's, there is still that appetite for, for those fully renovated. I spoke to someone too. They I, I don't know why I can't remember who it was, but <laughs> they were in a, they were in a multiple offer scenario. They said the house mm. was priced exceptionally low for what it was. Mm. Um, but anyways, they, um, I think they won. It ended up being like a hundred thousand over or something, but that's because it was a yeah. single for like, you know, 700 that was worth eight fifty or whatever. Yeah. Uh, well, Paul, are you uh, are you sure? Do you have any mood boosts? Or uh, I know, I, know I, I have boosts. No, I'm, okay. I'm back at my desk. So, so I'll tell you what happened this morning. I, I started wearing my Apple Watch again. Uh, I was trying to get just like heart rates and things like that while exercising. <clears throat> but what happens is whenever I set my alarm now, it doesn't actually go off my phone. It just vibrates on my watch when I'm sleeping. Mm. Uh, and so, yeah, that didn't work this morning. It was, uh, my hand was probably asleep under my pillow or something. And anyways, woke up to my son and uh, he woke me up at eight being like, dad, that's eight. We got to go. I was like, oh shit. That's <laughs> get on the horse. Uh, anyways, <laughs> we're back home. We're ready to rock. Um, I got three today. So number one, uh, where does the electric cord go to shop? The outlet mall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, number two, why did Cinderella get kicked off the soccer team? Because she ran away from the ball. Not good. <laughs> good. It's good. Not good on the <laughs> soccer pitch. 
Uh, and last but not least, number three, a lot of people uh, out of town right now. Where did hamsters go on vacation? Good old Hamsterdam. <laughs> Hamsterdam. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's it. Okay. That's those, it. Are, That's what I got. Those, are those are pretty decent. Those are, yeah. those are pretty I decent. Like Paul, <clears throat> uh, if anyone was watching and wondering what I was doing while I was looking down like this, I was uh, inviting Paul to uh, share in uh, Apple Watch fitness challenges. <laughs> You'll have an invite there, Paul. You can You're on. My, you can track my uh, my performance daily. <laughs> or yeah, not thereof. <laughs> uh, I, I should say to listeners, too, that we, uh, we recently uh, became a lot more active uh, on our uh, TikTok and also on our YouTube shorts. So mm -hmm. if you're not already subscribed, certainly uh, give us a follow on, on TikTok, on Facebook, and, uh, and on YouTube. YouTube especially. Uh, that's where all of our content, all the new episodes are posted every Tuesday, 10 a.m., uh, as well as on all the streaming platforms. So uh, we will be back next week with a guest. And I will actually be, uh, I will be on a remote location. Gentlemen, it's going to be great. Take a little hiatus. Uh, so I'll be... Uh, I'll be joining, but... Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, that'll be nice. All right. Yeah, so uh, so okay. we'll be back next week, and uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Yeah, great job. All right, Jesus. see you guys. Great job, but us, I guess. Great job, Greg. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please remember to like, share, comment, and subscribe, because we'd really like that.